Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty in Depth. It's Colt here, along with my man Ryan. Hey everyone, how's it going? Ryan is recording remotely from his house in McCandless. Yeah, hopefully it sounds pretty good. We're uh, we're practicing social distancing as we should. As we should. A lot of a lot of change happening in the world. We've both been working from home since March, mid March, and yeah. then. Had to get the equipment and everything set up to switch to uh, switch to remote. We were uh, since we live so close, we were like, "Well, we'll just uh, we'll just get together to podcast." But we're trying this out. Yeah, keeping That's the social like. distance. I think it'll be good. Especially important for Ryan. He's about to be a faja. Yeah, two months, less than two months from now, hopefully. Oh, oh buddy, oh yeah. little baby, little baby <laughs> podcaster running around. <laughs> we'll have to get their input on the uh, 2021 draft. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good point. So this episode, we decided uh, we had gone through our top rookie running backs, and we are a week away from the draft. Hopefully I have this out by the end of this week. Uh, what's today? Tuesday? Maybe Wednesday or Thursday. So we wanted to go through pre-draft our top eight <clears throat> rookie wide receivers we're going to touch on a couple others and some of our scenarios. One of the things I wanted to talk about first, though, is an analytics-based knowledge for wide receivers. We had talked in a previous episode about what to watch for in film for running backs. And I think it's important to look at some of the analytics with receivers because it's been a little more sticky than some of the running backs uh, it's not as much uh, just draft capital, athleticism, and landing spot. Uh, there's some there's some things we look for with wide receivers that have proven to be as signs of success in the NFL. Uh, one of those is the college dominator rating, and it was first outlined by Frank Dupont in the book Game Plan. It's a good read. I'd recommend it. The college dominator rating represents a player's market share or his percentage of the team's offensive production. And just to go through quickly how it's calculated, it's calculated by a player's yards and touchdowns as a percent of team total. For example, if the team had 1,000 yards passing and 10 touchdowns, this wide receiver had 500 yards receiving and four touchdowns, he would be a 45% dominator on that team. We'll also talk about the percentile rank. Uh, so we get this off of playerprofiler.com, and the percentile is just what their college dominator is versus other wide receivers in the database. Uh, right now, if they're over a 35% dominator, that puts them above the 70th, 70th percentile, which is uh, which is good and what we what we look for. 30% constitute, or I think on player profile, 25% constitutes a breakout age, which we're about to get into next but reason we look for the college dominator rating it's important if a wide receiver is not demanding targets or creating yards and touchdowns in college he's not likely to do that in the nfl and we use a percent to account for the rest of the offense there's a lot of bad quarterbacks in college and a lot of really boring offenses if a player is making it happen on that offense uh as a high percentage of the total offense then that's a positive thing anything else to add ryan yeah, no, I, I like what you said about um, kind of it's based on a, a team's offense. I know when I was looking at a guy like Brian Edwards, you know, you looked at his stats and he's got that sub 18 year old breakout age. And then you look, he had 590 receiving yards and four touchdowns. And 
I think the max he ever has had was like 840 yards. Right. But for him in that horrible offense with the hor- horrible quarterback play, that's you know that's commanding a giant piece of that offense, almost 50. percent So um, definitely something to to keep in mind there. So breakout age kind of works in combination with college dominator rating. It is uh, Frank Dupont and Sean Siegel first examined each wide receiver's breakout age on Rotoviz. This was a long time ago because I remember reading the first article about uh, Keenan Allen where they really started putting this together. Uh, the breakout age for wide receivers is defined by their age at the beginning of the college football season when they first posted a dominator rating at or above 20 per- 20%. Uh, that that's a player profile definition. I said twenty five, but it's twenty percent. Yep. Uh, same way, if you go on that, use a player profiler site. Percentile shows the rank against the rest of players, like the dominator. And the reason breakout age is important and why we can use it is given normal human development. Nineteen year old males are at a physical disadvantage compared to twenty one year old males. Believe it or not, the ability to dominate despite Operating at a handicap is indicative of a surplus of talent. You will need this surplus of talent to succeed in the NFL. Yes, sir. So you kind of combine the two. If they are younger than everyone else, if they're 18 year old, 18 years old, and they're on a college football field competing against 20 and 21 year olds and demanding over 20% of the offense, whether that be through a ton of targets or yards after the catch, there's a lot of different ways you can get to that then they will probably be as successful. The ch- they have a higher chance of being a successful receiver in the NFL. There's lots of factors that go into it. Yeah, I mean, you could just imagine coming in, to, you know, you're 18 when you come into college and you show up at Alabama as an 18-year-old yeah. and you're playing against a, a junior or senior who's, you know, 21 or 22 and has been in the program for a couple of years. Um, your ability to get on the field and, you know, targets are the best indication of talent. If, if they're throwing you the ball, you know, you're probably talented. Um, you know, so that's just, like you said, crazy important. Yeah. And it's, it's easy, easy to use and look at easy to use. So when you're flipping through, when you're flipping through profiles, tell me about where are you with, what's your minimum thresholds for dominator and breakout age? I would say I'd like to see a, I mean, they have to have at least a 20% dominator to have a breakout. And these are always things that uh, kind of push one player above the other, not necessarily like, I guess maybe minimum. So minimum would be the 20% dominator is what you want to see to have a breakout. And I have found most success with sub 20 year old breakout age wide receivers. Yeah. I feel like above 30% dominator and sub 20 year breakout is such a magic. Combo. Yeah, it is. That plus a day one or two pick, and you got yourself quality yeah. receiver. You've absolutely. got yourself a top 15 dynasty rookie draft pick. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Um, and th- there's, like anything, there's always exceptions. Uh, if someone has a 20-and-a-half-year-old 20, 20 breakout, but they have a 50% dominator, like there's exceptions. Or they might have a 20% dominator and a – 18 year old breakout, you know? So when you look through like dynasty rankings for wide receivers, what you notice is, you know, 90% of them have sub 20 year old breakouts. Yes. Yeah. Um, which, so that, that correlation is incredibly strong. 
do you make a habit of so do you stick with that in your mind you're in a dynasty draft especially in the first round right we don't want to take a lot of risk in the first round uh third round is a lot different you might just get your guy based on you know some film you saw or something yeah, but right. do you do you take that as like the gospel so you're on the board you know it's pick nine henry ruggs went to the vegas raiders at pick 12 in the draft and you know, are you just like, I can't take this guy because he doesn't have the breakout age that I need. Are you all out on that? Or are you, can you create a story like a Mikul Hardman story where you're like, well, his breakout wasn't great, but he was a safety and he's playing at Georgia and he had to convert to wide receiver or a Marquise Brown where he's playing at Canyon college, community college or whatever. And then he comes to Oklahoma late and then has to, then breaks out immediately. Do you, do you paint that story? Or are you pretty like, this is the breakout age. You need to figure out a way to make this work. <clears throat> uh, I don't really paint that story. No, I use it. Uh, but in your example with rugs or one of these other players, I'm not chasing outliers and they're mm -hmm. outliers. If they're successful in the NFL right now, based on what we know that, you know, you go through and there's maybe a, I think we looked before like three or four, maybe five top 30 wide receivers that don't have a, that don't have a sub 20 year old breakout age. Like that's, that's an incredible. Uh, and yeah, you can paint that story. And I guess I would just always be lower on those players than I would end up getting in the draft anyways. Yeah. It's just one of those things where you're just never going to end up with them because yeah. Marquise Brown is pick 14 and you have him at pick 25. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that makes so, sense. So they'd still be, you know, I still would, you know, I'm not going to, I don't know, move Tyler Johnson. I'm not going to take Tyler Johnson above of rugs, even right. though like I prefer the profile of Johnson better. I, I know he's not going to be a day one or two pick. Uh, he doesn't have the athleticism and a lot of the other things they look for in the NFL. So, so yeah, I wouldn't, do something that crazy but he would be lower in in my rankings so i guess i don't feel comfortable about taking someone like that in the second round is that where you're at with senior wide receivers too you, you're knocking them down, down a peg or two even if they have the prerequisite analytics to check the box yeah the fact yeah. that they are senior so we're gonna go we're gonna go through our process and kind of how i rank each of the inputs and we do you want to do that now yeah let's do it So yeah, whenever I start doing a analysis on a wide receiver, it's just like the running back draft capital is number one. They're going to get more of a chance if they're a day one or two pick. I think it may be, uh, I, I'd be more likely to take a chance on a round three wide receiver. If I really love the profile versus a running back, I think I just chase draft capital purely. Uh, number two thing I look for is the productivity metrics we just talked about. So I would have that ranked higher. Number three is landing spot. Uh, this is higher than what or lower than it was for running backs, but it's 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 still important because if there's already an established starter there, things do change in the NFL. Number four would be age. So if I'm going through these, you know, if he's a first rounder, if he's super productive, if he has a good landing spot and is a senior, then that would be the fourth ranking for me. The age would be number four. And then I like I still look at injury history, and then I take a look at the film. It's pretty far down there for wide receivers for me. And then athleticism all the way down to like the seventh thing I usually look at because yeah. we've seen that athleticism doesn't matter as much for wide receivers as it does for running backs. And then counting stats is the last thing because, I mean, 
we we I like to use a percent of the offense more so than just raw counting stats. Yeah, sure. Uh, Brian Edwards style. Yeah, exactly. Like we were talking okay. about earlier. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I mean, the senior that is fourth on my list of what I look for. Uh, if if let's say uh, Justin Jefferson, I would have him above Denzel Mims, for example. I mean, we're gonna go through our rankings, but even if he didn't have that uh, four four three forty, which is really nice, uh, Mims might have a little bit better looking profile but the coming out a year earlier uh we see and it's not that it's not that we haven't seen senior wide receivers come out and be successful like terry mclaurin like instantly but there's always so many lost years like juju smith schuster for example and if you are a senior and you get a lost year or two and, or take a year to learn, have a lost year, and then break out in your third year like most players do, all of a sudden you're 25, 26, and you're almost in your peak, whereas someone like Juju or DJ Moore or some of these younger players coming out, you still have a year or two for, I don't know, something happens, you get injured for a year, like all of a sudden you're not 26, 27, so you have additional value in a dynasty league. Yeah. Yeah. We're dynasties. We're all obsessed about age. So, you know, we don't often think about the wasted years of coming out late or, you know, like in Juju's case, having to play with Mason Rudolph and whoever the hell. So, yeah. <laughs> Duck Hodges. <laughs> yeah. I actually didn't remember his first name. I didn't <laughs> want to say Duck Hodges. So, yeah. Um, no, that makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, the, the the input's a lot different than running back stuff for sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So do you do you do you look at things a little different? Do you just start with well ca- capital and then film, or so my process starts the same way as running backs, as far as you know the unhealthy obsession with recruiting in college and kind of yeah. watching them it starts there. I, I like just like the running backs. I like to watch the I like to watch the film before the draft. I think that's more important because I want to get, I want to kind of have some opinion of a guy before the NFL makes my opinion of him. Um, so I kind of just want that opinion first. And then, you know, the draft can either kind of say, Hey, you were, you might've been right. Or, Hey, you need to go back and take a look at this, but I do want to have an opinion before then. But I think what's interesting about wide receivers is because fantasy football is dominated by running backs. Um, as far as what helps your team win, right? Right. So I feel like wide receivers, running backs get pushed up the draft so far, and it's kind of like quarterbacks in the real NFL draft. You know, you got guys like Jordan Love, who shouldn't even probably be a day two pick just prospect wise. He's going to get pushed up to late first day because he's a quarterback. And I feel like that's how running backs are in dynasty rookie drafts. They all get pushed up because that's what we all want. So I feel like wide receiver, this is such a gold mine. If you can mine out the right guys and really get value for your team. Um, I, for me, draft capital. So I'm automatically, if you're not a day one or day two pick, uh, heavily, heavily discounted. Yeah. I'm not interested in the day three wide receiver. Yeah. I'm just not. I mean, AB comes around once every 20 years. I don't know. I'm right. just same with digs. It's just not something I'm chasing. Um, if I lose, if I lose out to that, you know, there were a lot of guys that had Hakeem Butler and Kelvin Harmon, you know, and, and we saw how that worked out and they ended up being the guys probably we thought they were. Um, so again, second for me would be analytics. I'm pretty, pretty set on, I need, 
a certain breakout age to value a guy a certain way. I want a certain dominator. Um, I don't love to paint that picture I talked about before on why they didn't succeed early in college. Uh, three would be competition. Not really that interested in small school guys, at least early on in the rookie drafts. I think once you get to round three, you can kind of shoot your shot on whoever you want. And I don't think anyone can say boo to that. But yeah, there just haven't been those small school wide receivers pan out. Seems like recently, maybe. I don't know. You got Kenny Galladay and Cooper Cup, but you've got so many Andy Isabellas and Ashton Doolins and all these guys that people are like obsessed with from an analytic standpoint. And it's just, yeah, you know, there's, there's a difference. Pro- probably a reason they went to school there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, and then, you know, somewhere around film, athleticism, and ad- athleticism and injury history they're in there a little bit. And honestly, one of, one of the last things for me is landing spot. I keep, when I first started playing dynasty, I kept saying, Oh, we can't draft AJ Brown because he went to Tennessee, even though he's got everything else we want. And he's an early day two pick. Tennessee's a horrible offense. Oh, we can't draft Juju because he went and he's with a B and Martavis Bryant. And who the heck wants a third wide receiver on a team, you know? So right. from, from a landing spot perspective, I'd say I've kind of moved away from, caring that much about the landing spot things change so much in dynasty quarterbacks and wide receivers on the team and targets and stuff like that that i think i'm more interested in if he could check all my other boxes and has a draft capital i'll probably just go for it yeah similar thing with godwin yeah absolutely behind evans yeah that makes sense that makes sense i should probably move it down but then when i see cd lamb mock to the uh to denver yeah to broncos i'm like well, there's already a wide receiver. I mean, we have two alphas there. What do you do? Yep. Do you, do you discount him for that if it's a first round pick? Do I, do I just, believe in Locke? Like, I, it's tough for me to. You really just got to hope that at 15, he's not going to be there. That's what I keep <laughs> sleep. I sleep well at night, hoping hoping that. That's all. Right. Right. But I guess uh, there'd just be sp- certain landing spots you wouldn't like. For sure. You wouldn't like. But yeah, I I I, I agree with you that. Uh, it should be uh, part of the process, but less so for wide receivers and running backs, definitely. I'd moved it down, too, but not as far as you did. I guess it's kind of all the landing spot, age, injury history, film. Yeah, they kind of get mixed together after the draft capital and then, for me, the productivity metrics, like so, you I mean, said. For, for us, draft capital and the analytics are – pretty much non-negotiable yeah yeah and then after that you kind of you kind of weigh them from there on but without those two you know we're talking day or uh third round or later rookie pick for us yeah i agree i agree yeah i think that that you you can you can work with that most years mm-hmm. you can use that just as a a pretty easy guideline you know here here's here's what they got to do if not don't don't reach for them it's not yeah. worth it Take a running back. And I agree with you about athleticism too. I used to think it mattered more for wide receivers, but now I just, the more you watch, the more it's like guys like Diggs or Judy, we'll talk about Judy and even CD lamb. Who's not like a, a crazy athlete or anything like that. Like you can just see the ways they win. And those are the same ways you'll win in the NFL. Um, it's not, you know, just line up and run straight as yeah. fast as you can. Like the NFL doesn't really operate like that. Um, you know, and if you're, or if you're a bubble screen guy with great athleticism, it's like you have to catch a dish on a bubble screens to be fantasy relevant. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you yeah. want to see 
athleticism, I agree with you, does not matter nearly as much. We have enough Kevin Whites that uh, burned us. Kevin Whites and, well, Devontae <laughs> Parker finally, you know, broke out at the – it's such a nice profile. Yeah, he really, he really did. Was he best comparable to A.J. Green? Yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's go through our top eight rookie wide receivers. How about you? How about you can start, and I'll jump in. And if you don't mind uh, talking about any tiers that you have them in, I think yeah, sure. I think we're similar for the most part, but it might change towards the end of it. Okay, yeah. So at number one, uh, my number one wide receiver right now is CD Lamb. I've had, uh, and he's actually the only wide receiver I have in tier one. Um, I've had just, you know, I've been talking about him for two years, just a a mega crush love that he came into Oklahoma as a true freshman posted 800 yards and seven touchdowns, which would have been a breakout for almost any other team in the country, but Oklahoma. Um, and he did that with Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews in the lineup too. Um, he's a punt, he punt returned his, um, even with Marquise Brown there, he was still their punt returner, which you can really see when you watch him play, he's dynamic in the open field. I think he has like a 96 percentile yards per reception. Yep. Um, he's a, he's a little thin at 6'2", 198, but what's crazy is you just don't. And I think that's why he gets so many comparisons to DeAndre Hopkins, even though Hopkins weighs 15 more pounds than him is you just, when you watch him play, you don't see the, the thing I don't take away from is if he could just gain a little bit more weight, you know what I mean? Right. He plays a lot bigger than that. Um, receiver two for me, Jerry Judy. This is probably a tier one B. Um, the only reason I, I have Lamb in his own tier only because if Lamb and Judy have top, both have top fifteen draft capital, and Lamb goes to the quote unquote worse landing spot, Denver. I would still t- uh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> um, if Lamb goes to Denver and Jerry Judy goes to Las Vegas, Vegas, that would be one thing that would probably be like, okay, that is maybe too far for me to have to switch that. Um, but you're going against like, your uh, landing spot. Doesn't matter, right? I am actually. I probably go running back there. <laughs> <laughs> so I have I have Lamb and Judy one too. I think most everyone would. I have them in the same tier. If someone, I mean, CD Lamb is a boss, but there's a lot to like about Jerry Judy. Same breakout age. I mean, he ran that four four five forty. He's fast. He's almost the same size as CD Lamb, and he's, then shorter and five pounds lighter. Like he's an absolute technician too. I mean, from just a, a probably the best route runner that I've seen in the last couple of years. I think actually both CD Lamb and Jerry Judy are probably probably two of the best wide receiver prospects in the last three years, I would say. Right. And you got, I mean, CD lamb also competed against NFL receivers, but Jerry Judy did that. And in the sec, which you like to see, mm-hmm. I mean, a little more uh, open field in the, in the big 12 than there is in the sec. Yeah. And it, well, we were talking about it earlier today, but it, the funny part is CD lamb and Jerry Judy posted truly identical numbers with Jalen hurts, a quarterback, well, he's which a is boss. amazing. It, they, they both they both posted like thirteen hundred and twenty yards, like sixty five receptions, thirteen hundred and twenty yards, and fourteen touchdowns on the nose. Both their best seasons were with Jalen Hurts. I would say, do you discount the him CD playing in the Big Twelve at all? No, I don't. Um, I, I get what you're saying for sure, but I, you know, I I saw him show up in a lot of big games against better teams. 
and it's just one of those things where, you know, and then I, I talked to somebody else and they're discounting Judy because he didn't get double coverage because they had rugs taking the top off and Tua played quarterback. And it's just like, I, yeah. I feel like sometimes the narrative just goes a little far. Just sometimes the guys are just good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I have them equal. I mean, I don't think I would, if someone took Judy over lamb, I wouldn't be like, you're an idiot. No. So, all right. How about uh, wide receiver three? Yeah. So I've got this is where tier three starts for me. And I've got Jalen Reger at wide receiver three. Um, I've seen him anywhere from late first round in mocks to third round. So I think a lot of the, like we talked about before, I think draft capital is going to sort through a lot of this. Yeah. I like athletic, his athleticism is really good. And um, I don't think he's he's not as much of a natural receiver um, as Lamb or Judy or Jefferson. Those guys are like pretty polished receivers. But right. Rager has some pretty crazy athleticism to him. So I like him here at wide receiver three at the moment. He's a thick dude, too. Yeah. What about you? 5'11", 206. I have him, I have him wide receiver three, except uh, since I have Judy and Lamb in the same tier. I mean, whatever. I'm not going to fight about that. But I have no, Rager. and like I said, they're, they're they're the same pretty much. But it's there's just, a clear you know, drop between Judy and Rager. Like there's a lot more holes in the profile of Rager than there is of Judy or Lamb. The the Lamb and Judy are the prizes of this, and then there's there's a big tier gap for me between that and wide receiver three. Yeah, and I have Justin Jefferson after him at wide receiver Justin four. Justin Jefferson at four. I've got that too. Yeah, and I have that just kind of the end of the tier for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but Justin Jefferson, man. He really surprised. He, I guess he's been surprising his whole career since college, right? Yeah, he was like a two-star prospect, like the thousandth. He was like the thousandth like prospect in the country. I mean, I, I think if he wasn't from Louisiana, he probably wouldn't have gotten a scholarship there. And he was a legacy recruited um, LSU. I don't remember if you remember his his brother. Yeah, Jordan Jefferson was it? He was a terrible quarterback. Um, but you wonder if he wasn't a legacy recruit, would he have even gotten the offer? Yeah, yeah. Ran a four four three. I mean, he's really athletic. Uh, I do like Rager's. Rager has the youngest breakout of any of these top receivers, 18.7, 95th percentile. He was doing a lot on a bad TCU offense. Uh, it was yeah, a bad offense. Bad offense. Has, like you said, 78th percentile Spark X score. Uh, some people were a little disappointed with his 40, but he's 206, so it's not like he was like 190. Yeah, I mean, I'd be more, I would be more concerned. I don't know if I am. I don't think I am. But if I was, I would probably be more concerned about his horrible agility. But yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not concerned about that either. Of those because it, it doesn't look like that when you watch the film. I don't. Everyone had bad three cones at the combine. Almost. You wonder what was going on. Something. Something was going on. Yeah. All right. So we we agree thus far, wide receiver one through four. Who you got at wide receiver five? And this is a tear down for you from Rager and Jefferson. Yeah, it is. And really, for me, I think wide receiver through ten could probably at some. This is going to be huge changes probably post draft. A lot of these yeah. guys I'm kind of equally high or low on depending on what we're talking about. But I've got T Higgins here. Um, disappointed with the forty and everything, but. I still liked what I saw from him. Still liked him in that Clemson offense. Um, so I'll go with with T Higgins at wide receiver five. Eighteen year old breakout. I have yeah. a, I have Lavishka Chenault. Yeah, wide receiver five, and I think he would be in that tier above if it wasn't for the injuries. 
I agree with that. Uh, I mean, sub 20 year old breakout, not as good as some of the, you know, other players, but 68th percentile dominator. He's 6'1, 227. He can be used all over the field. I mean, he's a, he's an aggressive, aggressive athlete, aggressive wide receiver and a big boy. But yeah, those, uh, Injury history, it's it's scary. But between him and Higgins, like all these guys, like you said, it could be a tier of any of them because they all have holes. Yeah, like all these he, guys have problems. Yeah, I mean. you just you know you can just kind of pick one and and capital and landing spots gonna going to make a difference for how I change. Uh, I actually have rugs after him though, ahead uh, of T Higgins. I just okay. Don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe he lands in the Vikings with the Vikings in the first round. And that'd be a great landing spot outside of uh, Adam Thielen. But I just don't know where he fits in today's NFL. We're talking about Henry Ruggs or T. Higgins? T. Higgins. Uh, oh, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'm not sure either. I'm, to be honest, I'm not going to end up with T. Higgins on any of my dynasty teams. But I still think he's you know in this tier. But you have him at five? Yeah, I'm trying to. that's a good question. I'm trying to think of where he would fit. Um, man, you, you'd almost like to see him... That's a tough one. Especially if he doesn't, after that uh, bad pro day, if he doesn't get first-round capital. I don't know. That's why I had LaVisca Chanel higher. I'm, uh, after these, I'm chasing ceiling. I feel like I'd make, I would would like to see Higgins maybe fall to early second to like the Colts or something and yeah. have him and Paris Campbell together. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and I've got – you said you have rugs at – you had rugs at five and then no, I had- Higgins at six. Chenault at five, Ruggs at okay. six, Higgins at seven. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I've got kind of the same but bunched up. I've got Ruggs and Chenault. I've Chenault, then Ruggs here. Um, same thing with Chenault. I agree with you. He'd probably – he would be with Rager and Jefferson, but I'm just – I'm scared of those injuries. I yeah. mean, he was see injured. these guys that get nicked up all the time. He was injured at the Combine. They said he had a torn groin or whatever. Still – Ran a decent 40 for his size. It's just so much work to own a guy that you know is going to have that type of injury capital, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because especially him being compared to uh, Sammy Watkins early on in his right? career, and that's all said, oh, no. He did have some electric tape that did remind me of Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Um, but Sammy, what Sammy Watkins, we're talking about like one of the most bulletproof pr- prospects ever. You right, know what I right, mean? yeah. And, oh, God. Um, but I threw, I've got rugs here after him and rugs is more like, I feel like I had to put him on here because yeah. he's going to get top 20 capital. You're chasing um, upside. He's going to be my Marquise Brown of 20, 2020 yeah, where I'm yeah. not going to own him anywhere, but you know, I just can't do it with the no breakout age. Um, just the, the analytics will stop me from drafting him, but I put him on here just cause I felt like I had to. And then I've got Denzel Mims too. Um, athletically check some boxes for sure i mean people are people are loving the player profiler chris godwin comparison he's not chris godwin at all um maybe athletically but not from like a, a wide receiver standpoint right uh chris godwin's a really polished wide receiver so i've got him here as well um but you know i, I feel like there's a couple more guys that you could probably tack on to here all in the same tier four yeah i agree i had brian edwards and uh at eight instead of uh, Denzel Mims, just because uh, we had talked earlier, hundred <clears throat> percentile breakout, ninety fourth percentile dominator, and they're both seniors. And I'm just gonna go with the profile. That's gonna change during the draft, but for right now, I'm standing firm with the profile I prefer. 
And then uh, really got to hope that uh, Edwards gets day two capital would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see the, the injuries are scary too. I mean, yeah, can't do the combine broke his foot or something. I think training. Yep. Broke his he, foot training. He, he was healthy in college though. So maybe it's just fluky. Yeah. He's a tough receiver. Yeah. Yeah. So we got some scenarios I wanted to run through and see if it changed your uh, how you have the wide receivers ranked. Yeah, these were tough. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought they were a little easier than the running backs. The running backs, uh, I did some crazy one. I think the fir- these ones I mainly did mock drafts. Uh, a lot of it was chalk. Like, yeah, we know Lamb Judy's going in the first round, so I was going to do something stupid and move him to third and see what you thought about it. But yeah, still going Lamb, baby. Still going Lamb. <laughs> so I have Judy uh, scenario one. If Judy goes one eleven to the Jets, Lamb goes one twelve to the. Las Vegas Raiders. Ruggs goes 118 to Denver, which would be a good fit for that offense. Jefferson goes in the first. I have 118, but the first. Yeah, Denver's, Denver's 15. Yep. 15. 115 yep. to Denver. Jefferson, 118 to Miami. Mims gets that first round capital. He goes 128 to Baltimore. Higgins goes 129 to Tennessee. Rager gets the first round capital and goes 130 to Green Bay. Chenault goes 202 to Indianapolis. And I have a couple. Uh, Brandon Ayuk gets first round capital, 208 to Houston. Claypool, this was from Tankathon, by the way. 221 to Philly or Hamler, 226 to Minnesota. How you got All your right. top eight? Yeah, that's. I've got Lamb. This was probably my ideal landing spot. If I was going to pick one for him, I'd love to see him go at pick 12 to Vegas. Yep. Um, they don't, they're talking about a bear cupboard. It's like Tyrell Williams and like five tight ends. I don't even know. I guess Jason Witten landed there. So maybe not <laughs> yeah. targets to go around oh, no. as we thought. <laughs> yeah, I've got Lamb um, number one here. I've got Judy to the Jets at number two. I think that Darnold, they have to bring weapons yeah. for Darnold. This it's really bad. It's Crowder, and I think they brought in Perriman, right? Yeah, yeah, Bashad so, Perriman. I mean, Judy would be great for Darnold, um, but they, I'm just afraid of Gase. But you know, I still would have him here at two. Yeah, is that your top two also? Yep, yep, yep. Who do you've got at three? Rager. Yeah, I've got Rager also, and that's uh, pick thirty to Green Bay. Yeah. And then at four, I'll go. Well, we can alternate at four. I've got Jefferson to Miami in the first round. Yes. Um, hoping that they grabbed a quarterback at pick five. <laughs> if not, let Fitz, let Fitzpatrick let it fly, man. I don't care. Yeah, it's true. Who do you got next at five? Uh, I got Chenault at nice. five. I like uh, I like that fit in Indy. I mean, they'd have a lot of uh, interesting pieces uh, to between Paris Campbell and Chenault. Who knows if they'll ever have a healthy receiver during the year, but. Uh, I, I'm going to stick with where I had him before, and I think that's good enough with the second-round capital to a good offense uh, with a uh, new quarterback there, Phillip Rivers, who, you know, whatever. But uh, Yeah. So I have Chenault. Who do you have at five? I've got Chenault also. All right. Then I got Ruggs at six. Okay. I've got Higgins. You got Higgins? Tennessee. I didn't really <laughs> – Higgins in Tennessee, I just – yeah. Yeah. I told you I'm so scared of rugs, man. I can't help it. Yeah, and then I I've, I have Mims at eight. Yeah. Um, I've got rugs after Higgins. Okay, so we just have those flipped. Yep. And then and Mims. Then I've got, 
then Mims. Yep. And then I've got Ayuk. I didn't go the whole way through. I just did eight. Uh, Boo. <laughs> and then I got and then I got Claypool and Hamler. Yeah. That that's where I'd be too. I mean that's a good landing spot for Ayuk. Those would be great landing spots for Ayuk, Claypool, and Hamlet. Ayuk's gonna do that thing to me because he's gonna be a second round, mid mid second round pick. And yeah. I've got in our draft I've got so many picks there. Yeah. And I really like watching him play. Great special teams guy, but he does not check the breakout age box. Um I'm not no. gonna paint the story for him, but I know that there's a lot of smart draft guys like Daniel Jeremiah and those guys that love him. Um, I mean, he 82% dominator, 87% yards per reception, Yeah, but didn't break out till 21. He was a Juco transfer, right? He was. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason for that. Usually. I don't know. Did he get in trouble in high school or something? No, I don't, I actually don't know. Hmm. I should probably do some more research on that. Yeah be interesting i do like uh he he is like a running back when he gets the ball and yeah he's, he's, he's really fast he's a tough little guy and uh plays a lot of special teams too um and just looks great with the ball. i mean when he's got the ball in his hands he's just awesome I, I think he could work in today's nfl i think he could he could work he's yeah. you know versus a prototypical x type guy uh a d- little nervous too like he didn't do anything until uh and kill harry left yeah, I'm gonna do some. I'm gonna do some research on this guy and see what his background is. Because he 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 did come out. Uh, he did join Arizona the year, same year. Brent uh, and Kill Harry was there. So while you're doing that, I will go through our second scenario with the folks. Uh, we got kind of just flip flopped. We got Lamb going 111 to the Jets instead. Of Judy Judy going to Vegas. Ruggs going to San Francisco at 113, which would be interesting. Jefferson at 120 to Jacksonville. How about that with uh, Minshew Mania and Jefferson and uh, Shark. Shark. Be be two interesting players on the outside. Higgins at 125 to Minnesota. Ayuk at 129 to Tennessee. Rager goes in the second round to Indianapolis, 202. Mims goes 207 to Miami, and Chenault goes 208 to Houston. I'm going to assume you go Lamb Judy. Yeah, I'm always going Lamb Judy. Yeah, I I, I agree. This was one where I thought about it because in Vegas there's going to be so many targets, so many yeah. targets for Judy. Uh, I think I – And this was, this, was, this was an example of like my only – tier one versus tier like one B would be like, obviously Vegas is, I think Vegas is a better landing spot because they don't have Gacy there. Um, And jets play. And uh, you know, you still have to face Gilmore and white and Miami's amazing secondary. It's not great. Um, But yeah, no, I'm, I'm lamb and Judy here. Who do you have at three? I've got Jefferson, man. I got, I'm sticking with Rager. The second round, I think Indy is a good offense and two Oh two, like, I mean, I, that's not enough of a difference from 120 to 202 yeah. for me. But I've got regard. I've got regard four. Yeah, and like I said, yeah, these guys are pretty pretty interchangeable for me. They're yeah. so different too. It'll be interesting to see not just where they're taken, but how their careers kind of go on because they're so different. Definitely, definitely. And I don't know how I feel about Jacksonville as a landing spot. I know we said not as important landing spot, but I already have DJ Shark there. 
you said before, uh, I believe on a previous podcast, that Minshew is not an NFL quarterback. It's hard Looks to like he's going to get a chance, but yeah. yeah, who knows? Maybe they'd take a quarterback there. I got Chenault after that at five. Yep, me too. Houston be a great spot. And then I got yep. I got Higgins yep, in Minnesota. Too. Rugs and Mims. Me too. All right. And then after that, it'd be, you know, I don't know, Auk. I guess. Is that all that's left? Yeah. Yep, it'd be Auk. His skill set would fit well in Tennessee, but it wouldn't be overly exciting. No, no. Do you find anything more about him? No, I no. didn't. <laughs> All right. He's just a dude. He's just a dude. Just succeeded in junior college and made it to the big leagues. All right, so we got one final scenario we're going to go through and see if it changes things up for you. It did for me a little bit. I got uh, Judy going 109 to Jacksonville. Lamb stays in Vegas. And this is actually Daniel Jeremiah's latest mock draft 3.0. Uh, well, except second round I made up because he didn't have a second round second round draft. I think I took it from someone else on NFL.com. All right. Ruggs, 115 to Denver. Jefferson, 121 to Philly. Oh, that'd be nice. Mims, 122 to Minnesota. Higgins, 130 to Green Bay. Ayuk, 2.02 to Indy. Chenault stays in Houston at 208. Rager, 216 to the Jets. Pittman, 223 to Baltimore, and Hamler's back in this one, 229 to Tennessee. I'm guessing still Lamb and Judy. Lamb and Judy. I got Jefferson. I would take Jefferson above Rager if he went 121 to Philly. I've got the same. Yeah. Then I have. I still have Rager after that. He's still getting second-round capital, but don't love the Jets landing spot. Yeah, I could see. I could see here. I've got Rager than Higgins, but I could see either way. Peep, I, I imagine the general population would take Higgins in Green Bay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have that. Actually, I have Rager and then Chenault and then Higgins. Oh, okay. Still. Yeah. So I'd prefer to take that take that chance. I don't know. For so many years, we talk about what a great offense, green, great fantasy offense, but there's never we we never see a wide receiver too. I, I, I'm like racking my brain to think about the last time they used day two capital on a skill position there. I mean, last year they That's took true. Jay Sternberger at tight end, but when's the last time they took a wide receiver that wasn't a day three guy? It's been Devonte Adams. I mean, they've surrounded him. It's, it's really, really bad what they've surrounded him with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Aaron, Aaron Jones was the fifth round pick. Jamal Williams is a turd. You picked like nine wide receivers in the sixth round that one year with Equinemius <laughs> St. Brown and all those guys, but like they've never given him anything. No, no. After uh, uh, Jordy Nelson left, and they were uh, Devonte was a second round pick. I mean, and that was seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's it's a true. Shame. It's a yeah. shame. Uh, then I have a. Uh, we kind of got those switched up, but. Rugs and Mims. I think it's some of these are if if these receivers all get like first and second round capital, like it seems like it's going to be a lot of preference after Lamb and Judy. Yeah, I actually really like Mims in Minnesota. I think that's a great fit. Yeah, but I actually think Rugs in Denver is a great fit too, mostly because he'll be running down the field and Cortland Sutton will have <laughs> more space to operate through the middle of the field. Yeah, yeah. So I think I don't know. Pound those running backs, then grab Lamb and Judy, 
and then I don't know, take your pick. Yeah. Yeah. That's really where you want to do, do your research and have your guys, you know, I think in super flex leagues, you know, out of the first round, pick 13, somewhere around there, you're really going to, we'll, we'll certainly help you through it, but you know, it's going to be much more preference because a lot of these wide receivers are going to be the same tier. Um, so yeah. And they're all they're good. Yeah. It's a deep class for sure. Cause we have Pittman. We haven't even talked about Pittman. Um, again, much about really, Ayuk. Yeah. Ayuk and Pittman and Brian Edwards. We'll see him fall down to this range too. We'll see what Hamler does. If he gets day two capital, um, could be interesting. I like, uh, and I like Tyler Johnson too. He has a great profile. If he can somehow sneak into day three. So he's your like auto select in the third round of rookie drafts. Right? Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I think so too. Once you get after, once you get picked 25 on, I think the Tyler Johnson's just an auto select. Yeah. Unless he, unless he goes in the seventh round or something. Right. Right. What you really got to hope he gets fifth round. Yeah. It's entirely possible. Yeah. From uh, people are, people are not high on his athleticism. No, which is a shame. It was good. Really good. Anything else to add to our listeners? No, looking forward to the draft next week. Um, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be funny to, to have it all virtual. Yeah. Um, I just can't wait to see which one of these old dudes kind of like, we're going to see like, get <laughs> we're going to see like get taking a crap or something like that. Push, <laughs> push the wrong button. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, he probably, he probably has like, he probably has like 10 books on his desk. He probably does, has like one screen and then like a bunch of binders or something. Yeah. Yeah, you could definitely um, so see it's going to be funny. I, I think it's going to exploit. I think it's going to exploit some ownership. Not that there isn't plenty of ownership in the NFL that exploits themselves, like right. Houston. Um, but I think it should be funny. I'm glad they're doing it as like a charity draft. Yeah, um, yeah, that's great. You know, there's a lot of really serious and tragic things going on in the world. But I do kind of feel bad for the players. You know, the difference of between Burrow being the number one pick and taking a boat to a stage in Vegas. And yeah, then, you know saying hi to the people in his underwear, you know what I mean? Yeah. On his couch is, you know, but uh, no, I'm super looking forward to it. And, and this will be our first year. We're going to, you know, try to do a live podcast from one of the rounds and I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to try to get one more podcast in. It won't be a long one with quarterbacks and uh, tight ends. It's pretty chalky. I don't think we're going to do these, but we can talk a little bit about the, you know, we didn't get to Pittman. We didn't get to Donovan Peoples Jones. KJ Hamler, Tyler Johnson, Chase Claypool. We can uh, probably we we can get in we can go crazy on that after the draft whenever some of that gets sorted yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because some of these players, if they get day day three capital, it's I don't know. Maybe big play Duvernay. I know yeah. some 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 teams like him. I don't know. Poor uh, man's Ayuk. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty far down there though. So, well, thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to oh. You're on Twitter now. I am. I don't know if we had that in the last episode. You are. We did. We did. Dynasty underscore or Dynasty underscore Ryan. You got it. At Dynasty and I'm at Dynasty in depth. So hit us up. Got a couple questions uh, about some uh, trades and things going on. I still recommend let's let's wait till after this draft to if you're trading rookie picks, try to hold on to them till after the draft because their value will change. Yeah, yeah, people get draft fever and you got you want to see some landing spots and when someone get, you know, when you're on the board and someone has that guy they really want, that's that's when you're going to see some value. Absolutely. So thanks for tuning in and we look forward to talking you with you again soon. Stay safe everyone out there. Stay home and stay safe. Yep, yeah, thanks everyone.
Yeah. I didn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't have any type of injury, right? McCaffrey, no. He was healthy in college and so far in the <laughs> NFL. I don't see him taking – I don't watch him a lot, but he probably doesn't take a ton of big hits either. No, it doesn't seem that way. Yeah, I can't find guaranteed money anywhere. Yeah, I don't know if any of that stuff's out. And Gurley still technically hasn't signed, right, with Atlanta? I think they just finalized it. Oh, really? Yeah, I think the Hopkins just passed his physical and Gurley just finally put pen to paper on that. wonder what the Gurley physical looks like. Atlanta says they're comfortable with it. I don't really know. I mean, obviously he has arthritis in his knees. Everyone knows that. Yeah, it's just amazing with, like, to me it's crazy with how far medicine has come and he's getting the best treatment in the world. It's just amazing to me that they can't fix that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just pump some more cartilage in there or something. Yeah. Get some, get some pig cartilage or something in there. (laughs) Or, uh, Oh, what's the, to, to grow. Yeah. You can usually grow other body parts. Can't they just put some sort of, so I was just, uh, I'm recording now, just okay. to, just to test stuff. Yeah, hopefully this works. This would be nice to have the flexibility. It's not going to sound as good as in person, but as long as it, the volume and everything works, I think that's okay. Let me know whether, you know, I, I'll try to talk at a normal volume. You yeah. Know, and hopefully that's good enough. Yeah. Just making sure you're... When you peak, we don't go over. What, um... Do you want to... Are you going to start off by talking about COVID at all, or are you going to... We haven't really been delayed too much, other than, obviously, we've released a few episodes and haven't mentioned kind of anything about that. Not that that's not fantasy football, but... Right. Uh, I was just going to talk about... I mean, we did... It's been a couple weeks. Just about how we're switching everything over to remote, like everyone else had to, and... Yep. Everyone's staying at home, as we're told... I wasn't going to yep. go to, I didn't know, I wasn't going to go too much into it. Yeah, I agree. Okay. And then I wasn't going to talk a whole lot about like all the trades and everything that happened because there's been a million kinda, podcasts about that already. Yeah, it's kind of old news at this point. Yeah, so I was just going to mention that, that a lot has changed in the, in the world and the NFL, but we're still here. We're here. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> oh. And then yeah, what else top eight rookies. And I was gonna talk about the oh the stuff I have there or college dominator and breakout. Since yeah, you want to give an overview about that kind of stuff since that's more your world. Yeah, yeah, I have a and bunch. I, ha- of- I have just like a couple questions I wanted to ask you in there, just kind of like um, just to give you nothing earth shattering. Just as far as we talk about. Um, like breakout age and stuff like that. Like what's your stance on senior wide receivers? Do you, you know, do you bump them down a lot just because they're seniors or just like stance on breakout age? Like me, I'm personally like, I see a guy like Henry Ruggs and I'm, I'm like scared shitless. The fact that he has like no breakout rating. Right. Right. And just kind of like getting your stance on that from an analytical perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was, uh, one of the other ones I'll, like later on, kind of like we did with running backs, how we value each input. Mine changed for wide receiver than it versus running back. Like uh, age is a little higher, landing spots lower. 
Because I don't care as much for landing spot for wide receiver as I do running back. <laughs> landing spot went from like first to last for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that makes sense. Injury history, it's like, ah, I don't know. Yeah. Athleticism oh. dropped down. Yeah. I didn't know who to make my wide receiver eight. Um, dude, what a tier. I mean, I could have put, I could have extended this tier to probably added two more people. Like, I don't know, man. Chenault keeps falling down my board. I'm super low on rubs compared to consensus. I don't, I'm probably, I feel like Rager, Jefferson, Higgins, and Mims to me are all like, put him in a hat throw them at the wall i don't i don't know I, it's going to be landing spot dependent for them for me and i have mims i don't have mims in my top eight you don't i don't know oh i'm interested on that is because he's a senior senior i mean he's athletic but uh man he's close to 20 year old breakout i don't know is there just some maybe something about baylor receivers <laughs> been burned too many times <laughs> Yeah, well, then I guess Michael Pittman's out too, right? Because the USC receivers have really... Well, Robert Woods came on finally, but... Uh, Juju. Yeah, I know. But before that, it was like the the curse. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing I don't like about Mims watching him is just that it's just such a limited route tree from him. So not only is he a senior, but I mean, we're talking really limited route tree. Um, and I did he get hurt? I don't know. That's a good question. Because his... Junior year was way down. No, B- Baylor went. Oh, it said he played 12 games. Yeah, that's true. I actually, to be honest, from just a straight film perspective, I like Ayuk's film better. Yeah, I won. I mean, one year. Yeah, he's one of these junior college transfers, dudes that yeah. transfers and doesn't really have any experience in the. Either way, in that. <sighs> So, well, we'll be able to go through it, and it'll be interesting to talk about. Mims, other than being a senior, has a nice profile, obviously. He's super athletic and stuff, but I agree. I, I I see people with him as, like, the wide receiver <clears throat> three in this class, and I'm, I've am i got him at, like, seven or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's just because, like, I, I just – rug scares the shit out of me. Yeah, and that tier – I mean, that tier of – who do I have? Yeah, that tier of uh, – Chenault Sh- keeps Chenault, falling because of the injuries. Chenault, Ruggs, Higgins, and then if – Mims, I like Brian Edwards, but if he did, it doesn't seem like he's going to get the capital. But if I'm basing it just on a prospect, I have Edwards above him because 100 percentile breakout, 94th percentile dominator, and they're both seniors. But Brian Edwards is still 21, so I hope Edwards gets um third round. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, because if if he doesn't, then he'll be out. I think Mim. I keep hearing Mims in the first. This first round's gonna be interesting. Is it? It drafts next Wednesday. Yeah. And it, all right. Did you want to try to maybe podcast on Thursday? What, what Thursday? This this Thursday? No, the Thursday the, after the draft. Oh, you mean Friday? I thought drafts the, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I thought the twenty second was a Wednesday. Yeah, twenty third. Yeah, it is. The twenty the first round's on the twenty third, the Thursday night. Oh, okay. I thought it started on the twenty second. So twenty third. I meant twenty fourth, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm up for anything. We should definitely we should even um we should 
we should record like a first round one on Friday, like the next morning. Yeah. I mean, neither, neither we can both do that at work. Yeah. <laughs> and then we should, um, we should maybe like, as like the second round turns into third or maybe, maybe at the end of, towards the end of the third, like the last 15 picks, we should record like a second and third round one and kind of live at the last couple minutes or something. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be kind of fun. I'm going to turn my light on. And then, so, so I guess, like, I guess, do we want to have, do we want to have another, uh, we, I'm trying to think what comes after this, probably some draft episodes, right? Yeah, I wanted to get in the, all the skill positions before the draft, but whatever. We could do a QB tight end one on, like, Sunday or something like that. Yeah. Or even a couple of days from now, I don't think it would take very long to. I I haven't watched any tight ends, but I mean, I, I might just say, "Don't give a fuck." Pass. Yeah, Alberto will be pick up Alberto on your waivers if he gets undrafted. Maybe. Yeah. The more and more, it just seems like you're. I, I just feel like you're crazy to even roster a rookie tight end. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just seems like it's such you're a waiting waste. years. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess maybe Mark Andrews and Kittle, but they were you second the, year. You need the taxi squad, man. Yeah, taxi squad's helpful. All right, you ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it.